Welcome back, everyone, to Life and Lit. We are rounding out our January picks with a new, very hot, very popular fantasy series. And actually, Sydney, you're the one who brought this to my attention to do for the pod. So I like this little role reversal we have going on here. We will be discussing Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Before we dive in, I'm Paige. And I'm Sydney. And this is Life and Lit. I think you so, were so shocked when I, I was shocked this and said you I think you suggested I was like, oh yeah, I've already read it. And you're like, what? <laughs> I was like, ma'am, because I bought them at the end of last year during the book sale at Barnes and Noble. I have been wanting to read them for so long, but the holds at my library are like years long. Like I, if I reserved it today, I would not get it until maybe next year at the earliest. So I finally broke down and bought both Fourth Wing and Iron Flame and devoured Fourth Wing. I loved it. Mm -hmm. It is everything I wanted in a new fantasy series. But yes, I was floored whenever you suggested it you're like yeah I've listened to it already I was like what because I was like all right I'm gonna read it and I'm gonna get an idea and I think there's a little bit of spice so we could convince (laughs) Sydney to read it I had like this plan and you're like yeah girl I'm already on Iron Flame (laughs) (laughs) so we have my friend Sarah to thank for that friend of the pod she listens and she read this and really loved it and so she was like on me to read it and I'm like yeah yeah okay whatever and so every time I saw she's like have you started fourth wing yet I'm like no but finally she (laughs) shamed me into it I had a bunch of audible credits and so I bought it and iron flame um on audible so yeah I really liked it it was I don't know. I like it. I like it for fantasy, which I maybe I'm becoming a fantasy yeah. person. I don't know. Maybe but... you are. Yeah. It maybe was really it's good. the smut. Maybe it's the plot. Who knows? <laughs> it's you're starting to read it more smut. for the plot. It's but, probably this. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, it's true. It was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, because I feel like. Which we'll talk about it as we go through, but it gave me a lot of Hunger Games vibes. Yes, it is a very good um, kind of, I feel like she picked themes and kind of elements from other popular fantasy series. Now that she sold them, I'm not saying that at all. It just reminded me there's like the Hunger Game vibes, like you said, there was Divergent vibes to me. Yes. Um, there was How to Train Your Dragon for adults vibe. <laughs> yeah. Like that is what it made me think of. But she executed it so well and it was so fast paced because it is like a pretty it could be a pretty intimidating book to pick up because it's long, it's dense, yeah. but it's very fast paced and I really liked that about it. Like I appreciated that she was not wasting time with the story. She was like moving it right along. And I was very surprised because my friend Tori, shout out to Tori, she is like queen of the fantasy reads. She, I feel like has read all of them. She is the fastest 
most dedicated reader I know. So she, of course, has read these. She read them a long time ago before they were popular or before they were getting popular. Mm-hmm. And she actually was like, I would love to come on the pod. And so I said, well, you need to come when we were discussing fourth wing. But then I realized that was literally like a week ago because we already had this planned out. So I was like, Aww. Iron Flame. Well, I was like, Iron Flame, like, come on for the second because I'm sure we're going to do the sequel. Yeah. Um. So and we have crazy different schedules. So when we do Iron Flame, we're going to bring Tori on. She's going to be your guest host. Yeah. Um, so fun. Yeah, so like, sorry, that was a very crazy tangent. Um, but she really liked the series. I have only heard good things about the series. Like, I don't know if it's just the algorithm that I'm on or what. Not that I'm on TikTok. It's on Instagram that I see it. Um, but our friend Emmy, when I told her I was I was starting it, she goes, oh, let me know how you like it. I've heard very mixed reviews. And oh. I was like, mixed? I have not heard a single bad review about it. Me neither. Everything I've seen I mean, is, like, obsessed in a good way. Yes. Love it. Like, four or five stars. Like, yeah, everyone loves it. Everyone's excited about it. I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to write a good fantasy series. And I feel like Rebecca Yaros is, like, well on her way yes. to establishing herself as a queen of fantasy. But... Yeah, I was very surprised because I personally have not heard anything negative about Force Wing in general. Iron Flame, I've heard maybe more mixed reviews, but more in the way of it's not what they expected and it's not where they expect the storyline to go. So I'm very intrigued. Don't spoil anything for me because I'm not that far into it. So I'm intrigued by that also. Um, Yeah. So I. Funny. Well, not funny, but, like, I've seen – I saw some at Target when I was shopping mm-hmm. over the holiday, and then I think I downloaded one on Kindle Unlimited. Rebecca Yaros also writes, like, more traditional romance books. Not not yeah. romance like Fabio on the cover, but, like, <laughs> Emily Henry vibe or, like, Colleen yeah. Hoover vibe books. And I saw one. I was like, that's the girl that war- wrote Fourth Wing. And so I'm really interested to read – one of those like set with yeah. people <laughs> see how it <laughs> compares see how it compares yeah when I bought this I had every intention of letting my dad borrow it because he's a big reader he loves fantasy after finishing this book I will not let my dad <laughs> borrow this he can happen upon the series by himself I will yeah. be happy I will not mention that I've read it because let me tell you those smut scenes <laughs> They did not disappoint. Yeah, I was like, "Woo, man!" <laughs> oh, wow. Um, that was like my first thought as soon as it get like you know the scene started. I was like, "Oh yeah, Dad is not getting this from me. Yeah. He does not need to know his little girl has read this. <laughs> Definitely not." <laughs> and it immediately made me think of the um, Jesus bookmark where he's like peeking around the corner, going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. I need that in my life. Anyway, those are our initial thoughts. We have a very complicated, action-packed plot to summarize for you guys and give our thoughts. So, 
those are our initial thoughts. Hopefully we have convinced you to either go get the book, read it for yourself, or continue to listen to our own little summary here. So before we get started, I will do a quick summary of Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. 20-year-old Violet Soringale was supposed to enter the Scribe Quadrant, living a quiet life among books and history. Now, the commanding general, also known as her tough-as-nails mother, has ordered Violet to join the hundreds of candidates striving to become the elite of Navarre, dragon riders. But when you're smaller than everyone else and your body is brittle, death is only a heartbeat away, because dragons don't bond with fragile humans. They incinerate them. With fewer dragons willing to bond than cadets, most would kill Violet to better their own chances of success. The rest would kill her just for being her mother's daughter, like Zayden Riorsen, the most powerful and ruthless wing leader in the Riders Quadrant. She'll need every edge her wits can give her just to see the next sunrise. Yet, with every day that passes, the war outside grows more deadly, the kingdom's protective wards are failing, and the death toll continues to rise. Even worse, Violet begins to suspect leadership is hiding a terrible secret. Friends, enemies, lovers. Everyone at Basgayath War College has an agenda, because once you enter, there are only two ways out. Graduate or die. Ooh. Ominous. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very dramatic. And let me tell you, so we, well, first of all, if you enjoyed the summary and you want to press pause here and go read it for yourself, feel free to wait the next one to three years to get it from your library. Or you can just go to your local bookstore and pick up a copy. You will not regret it. Otherwise, spoiler alert from here on out, we will be doing a somewhat deep dive into the plot. All right. As I was saying, um, we talked about how it... We, there are like similar elements to previous fantasy series, Hunger Games, Divergent, etc. And I just respect Rebecca because she fully leaned into, I don't want to call them those tropes, but like she fully leaned into the drama yes. and those elements. The, the weak girl and the strong guy and overcoming adversity and all that. She leaned fully in and that is the only way that you can get away with it. And I Violet, think. like, is a very sassy character yeah. and would call out the tropes playing out in her yes. own life. Kind of similar yeah. to when you break the fourth wall in a TV series and the character yes. looks directly at the audience and speaks to them or whatever. Yeah. So I think that helps... I don't know, make it where, I don't know. It's just you, it's, it's not, not taking cringy. yourself. Like you it's don't... not cringy and it's not taking itself yeah. so seriously as if this has never been done before and it's all totally new. It's kind of leaning into the idea of, yeah, I am going with all the tropey things because it's what you do, right? Yeah. And it you makes have it to. work. Because if you half ass it, it's just it doesn't it doesn't work it does not work on the page like mm -hmm. you just you have to go for it and rebecca did so i love that yes. um but like you said violet is our spunky sassy protagonist um she is the daughter of the general um which i also love a woman in power 
but but <laughs> do we girl what are you doing um but her mother has decided that she's going to continue the line of dragon riders despite violet like having studied and trained to enter the scribe quadrant like pretty much from the day she was born she was born i you know kind of smaller than everyone she got sick really early on that like weakened her so she gets injured easily she gets sick easily she's just not really what you would call like a dragon rider she's so not she's she been training. As a warrior exactly so she's been training for the scribes and in this um you know society there are several different quadrants that you can go into one would say four um <laughs> And so she was going to the scribes. They record the history. They keep the history. Um, there's the healer quadrant. Obviously, they are the doctors. They are the physicians. They are the healers. There's the riders um, who fight and compete to the death pretty much to bond with dragons. And they make up the, um, I would say, like, sky army. They're the army. Sky, yeah. They're the sky army cavalry. Yes. yes. Um, and then the fourth is infantry, question mark? You think I remember that? Yeah, there's the a fourth one. Um, no, I know. I don't remember which one it is. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I was like, yeah. And then there's the fourth one um, that you could go into. So Violet has been snatched from her future of books and history and thrust into... Um, you know, a future of dragons and violence. So I love that Rebecca like kicks it off. It is conscription day. This is when all the 20 year olds across Navarre, 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 Navarre. Navarre. Okay. We're going to, I'm definitely going to say three different. It's also Ryerson for Zayden. No, it's not. Well, that's what the audible says. <laughs> okay. Well, my name is cooler um (laughs) (laughs) um so you kick it off it's conscription day 20 year olds across navarre are entering their selected quadrant and just to be more dramatic and badass the riders have to not only walk up the tower to the riders quadrant which is higher than the rest so that they have like the strategic advantage but also because they have dragons um they have to cross a parapet which i envisioned like um like a rocky balance beam a very thin yes. wall from the normies to the badass dragon riders i envisioned like a Hogwarts or Outlander castle and they're walking yeah. along the top ridge and it's windy yeah. tech and there's a ravine at the bottom. You can and, fall into your death. Yes. And it's kind of the first test, the first of many that they have to go through. Yes. And so of course it's windy and rainy, right? As Violet is you know, supposed to walk across. Mm-hmm. So she makes her first friend which i thought it was kind of funny that they were like there's no friends in the 
and the writer's quadrants every man for himself but she immediately starts like making allies uh which is smart you know i think i think you have to have an ally but this is where she meets rhiannon who will become one of her best friends um but they like you know trade shoes because violet comes prepared with like the grippy soul and rhiannon did not prepare did not think of a head for that so like violet's immediately making allies and showing that she can be trusted and that she's a good person Yes, and Violet is prepared because her older sister, Mira, is a writer, and she has been giving her all of these tips and help, and she also has a book from her older brother, Brennan, who is also a writer, of basically chronicling his year in first year, Writer Quadrant, and he passed that down to Mira, and Mira passed it on to Violet because... Basically, everyone thinks Violet's just not going to make it through. And right. like you said in the summer, Violet the herself. Option, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the only option is to make it through or die. And so Mira is trying to do everything she can to help her sister. She gives her some special, like a special gear that's lined with dragon scales that's supposed to be super protective. And she gives her all these tips. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah, there's people like Rhiannon who don't have that knowledge. And so she shows up wearing, like, ballet slipper shoes to try to cross this parapet. Yeah. And so that was one thing that I thought was so... Like, Violet is a likable character because mm-hmm. she is goes for the humanity in it all instead of being cutthroat and every person for themselves and Mm -hmm. hoping that others will die she goes out on a limb to the detriment of herself to switch shoes with Rhiannon and hope that they both make it across versus some of the others want to kill Violet because they just want to get rid of her yeah so they either see her as a threat because she's a general's kid or they see as a her as a threat because she's weak and like can bring down potentially the integrity yes. of the writers. Yes. Um, so yes, Mira is trying to help her as best she can. She also tells Violet to seek out her childhood friend Dane, um, who is a writer and one year older than Violet. But she also warns Violet to stay away from any buddy in the quadrant that has a tattoo on their arm because that means they're a child of a rebel um all children of the rebels which in my mind happened like a decade ago when they were younger children um to punish the parents for rebelling but not kill the kid outright all children of the rebels are forced into the rider quadrant on conscription day as like a form of punishment at their yes. you know, attempted insurrection, which is just terrible because yes. so many people die in the rider's quadrant. One, you're dealing with dragons and I said, but like all the tasks meet like leading up to your potential bond with the dragon and going off to war puts you and- at an extra risk. It's kind of a mental power move in my mind, too, because the rebels were trying to rise up against Navarre. And when that failed, they, as part of their punishment, yes, sent them into danger, but then also made them into the quadrant that is 
responsible for defending Navarre, who they don't yeah. like. So it's the added mental anguish. And then the writers are like bound by yeah. their quadrant to uphold the duty. So you, it's, you know, if you were to be caught conspiring or to not be fulfilling your duty because you're a rebel and you don't want to actually defend Navarre, it would just be instant death. So right. it just, I thought that was so smart how she added the extra layer onto it. Yes. So immediately, you know, the leadership, they're very cunning and they're all about control. Yes. Um, so all the cadets, like we said, cross the parapet. Violet, to her own surprise, makes it successfully across. There was, it was a little hairy there at the end for her because one of the uh, cadets that would be in her year behind her, like, has, like, a death sentence out for her. Like, he yes. is deranged. He's just kind of psychotic. Not kind of. He's very psychotic. He's Yes. He, like, kills the person on the parapet between them in order to get to Violet. Um, but luckily, she makes it across onto solid ground before he can kill her as well. And it just, it, like, the whole time, because his name was Jack, Jack Harlow, um, it just amazed me that everybody, like, nobody batted an eye when he would do all these terrible things. And there was no punishment for him because I'm like, they were trying to take her out because she was weak, but obviously this guy is not mentally sound. Yeah. And you want to potentially let him bond with a dragon and fight with you? I would not feel safe. Yes. Like it you have the weak crazy, links, but... but you have like the unstable links as well. Yes. But I think in their mind, they see it as just doing anything like whatever it takes to become a writer and so yeah it, it's kind of an all bets are off situation in this it's a little culty um but you just gotta yeah. embrace it <laughs> yes so um, when violet makes it across the parapet she runs into zayden ryerson who is kind of the bad boy the one person that she's been nervous about meeting this whole time or seeing because Zayden is the son of the leader of the rebellion so his dad and her mom are mortal enemies basically mm -hmm. hate each other and Zayden's father is also the one who killed Brennan Violet's older brother so there's a lot of bad blood between these families and she knows that Zayden will have it out for her just as much as anyone else because of this feud between their families. So, but of course he is handsome and like hot. <laughs> yes. And they feel this instant attraction and the enemies to lovers is coming through so yeah immediately i was like i am here for this that is yes. my favorite like yes. uh, everything about this romance we will get into and it. this is where Love. it gave me hunger games vibes because you've got the childhood best friend who yes you think that they would be perfect together and always had a crush on and then you've got zayden the new friend, the new love interest. 
And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of, I feel like it sets you up for Team Dane or Team Zayden, except I don't know anyone that would be Team Dane. So it's really Yeah, we'll get into that. If you're Team Dane, like, I need to talk to you and make sure you're okay. (laughs) Um, Because, yes, she has that encounter with Zayden, but is quickly found by Dane, who is her childhood best friend. Um, this is who Mira, her sister, has urged her to, you know, team up with so that he can protect her. And he quickly makes sure that um, Violet is in his wing um, during training so that he can keep an eye on her and make sure she doesn't come to harm. But that's all fine and dandy. Like, he's trying to protect her. He loves her, yada, yada. But he also has, like, this unrelenting thing of making her quit trying to be a writer and go back to the scribes. Yes. Because at first you're like, oh, he's concerned about her. He was like, this isn't what you wanted. I know you've always wanted to be a scribe. So immediately he was like, I can, like, whisk you away in the night and get you down to the scribe quadrant and nobody will ever know until you're safe down there. And she's like, no, like, I want to do this. I want to prove it to myself and my mother and everyone that I can do this. And he is just unrelenting trying to get her to quit. And I was like, for the love of Pete, like, you clearly do not believe in her. Yes, that's where. And she's doubting herself. Yeah. Which to Violet's point and the writer, Rebecca Yaros's point, it does. Violet does see that in him. Yes. Because she tried to write it off. Yeah. Yeah. She tried to be like, oh, he's concerned. Yeah. But it was never, I was very grateful of that. Like, like you said, that the writer was never like, oh, he's so sweet for being so concerned. It was like, at first she was like, well, he's concerned. I understand. And then she quickly got annoyed like I did. So. Yes. I appreciate that. But. So things seem like they'll be going fine because Dane has taken Rhiannon and Violet into his wing, under his wing, and <laughs> and his squad. And so he'll be there to protect them and look out for them until at the last minute when they're doing the divvying up, his squad is transferred from second wing to fourth wing of the writer's quadrant, which is the one that Zayden is in command of. So yeah. I started like begins. clapping. I'm like, force proximity. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. But just to clear things up, there's a lot going on in this book. I think, you know, like there's the cadets, which is what like Violet, Rhiannon, all the newbies are. Then there's squad leader, which is what Dane mm-hmm. is. That's year two. And those are like the exceptional people i saw them as like prefects from harry yes. potter yes and then we have wing leaders which is what zayden is they're the third years and what i pictured as like head boy and head girl yes. from harry potter if we want to bring in some more fantasy <laughs> to compare it to so that's kind of how things are at. like zane is in charge of violet but zayden is in charge of them all yes which i love <laughs> We love some authority, too. Um, So the next day, everybody immediately jumps in and starts training. It's very rigorous. They have um, sparring on the mats, which Violet is 
horrible at like like we said she was sick as a child she's very physically weak like her joints always um dislocate she's can easily break a bone um so she's very vulnerable in this in these sessions but she immediately stands out in class um where they're teaching like history like history of battles battle strategy because she trained her whole life to be a scribe and the scribes are the historians of this kingdom so she knows everything she like like the back of her hand and she very quickly catches on to like the battle strategy part of things so that's where she really shines yes and she makes a deal with Rhiannon to try to swap skills so Rhiannon is going to work with her on sparring and in return she's going to help Rhiannon do better at the history lessons in the side of it and uh, during their trainings they have these matches to try to hone their skills and work on things and Violet really struggles because of her weakness and so she starts using her brother's old journal to kind of give her tips and tricks on how to to find the weaknesses in the other people because they may not be physical weaknesses but she kind of uses her brother's journal as inspiration to find some of their non-physical we like one guy she realizes is allergic to oranges so she mm-hmm. grinds up like the zest of an orange on some of his breakfast and then he gets so sick that when she's fighting him he starts puking and he can't continue so yeah i loved it i thought it was so clever yeah she used her mind where everyone else was like oh it's about brute strength and like yes. violence um so i really appreciated that aspect of it um, but one night while she's collecting ingredients for these, you know, these various poisons she's using, she is up in the tree, like collecting a leaf or something. Um, when a gathering of rebels, like happens beneath the tree that she's in and she can listen in. And she realizes very quickly that it's the children of the rebels, which there's this crazy rule in the kingdom, which once, once again, all about control i think if there's a meeting of more than three uh-huh. rebel children then they could be executed on the spot yeah um and this is all the rebel children in her year like once again they are they stand out from you know society because they are marked with a tattoo um so she figures out what's going on. At first she thought they were like conspiring against the kingdom, but it's just Zayden saying like, hey, I want you to succeed. If you guys need any help, I will help you. We can do extra practice and whatever you want. Just like be smart and like watch your back, which I loved that he was kind of like Papa Bear to them all. Um, but she thinks she's about to sneak away after they left when Zayden calls out to her and it's like, are you going to tell on us? And, and she said, no, but not if you don't, you know, just don't tell on me. So they kind of strike up a deal that her secrecy in exchange for a favor to be named by him later. Um, which I think it should be like a favor that she calls in, but he was kind of like, I'll help you later when you need it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So they kind of have this unspoken truth 
and this link now, um, which I like. Force proximity. Um, yes. I'm just going to keep yelling that throughout this recording. <laughs> That's going to be the episode title. Force proximity, fourth wing. Yes. yes. Fourth proximity. No, okay. That was so much of a stretch. But anyway, um, so she goes back to her business, but she realizes like eventually she is going to actually have to fight somebody. Mm-hmm. And not use her little tricks because she's not about violence. She doesn't want to hurt anybody. She especially doesn't want to kill anybody. And Zayden is kind of like, well, you gotta because if you want to be a dragon rider, that just comes with the territory. Um, so one of the challenges that they have to do as cadets is called the gauntlet, which is what I pictured to be like this vertical obstacle course on the side of a cliff. It's like American um, Ninja Warrior. Yeah, but like danger. but outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like, but it's like block. I pictured it going like up the cliff side. Yes. Because at some point someone's like, why don't we just take the stairs? Because I wish we had enough time to get into like a very, very deep dive here. Because like all the side characters, you just love them. Like they just have such good rapport camaraderie i loved it i loved the group that they formed but we do not have enough time to get into all that um but they have to master this obstacle course in order to get to the threshing which is the event where they're just like released into this valley with a bunch of dragons that are willing to bond and are chosen but can also fight to the death yes that's when it gets very hunger gamesy and um, Jurassic Park vibes. Like I was, Jurassic Park. I was envisioning <laughs> the territory and landscape of Jurassic Parks, except yes, not dinosaurs. It was dragons, and yes. also yes, Hunger Games because they're all like, they're all there's so many riders and so many dragons. So if you take other people out, you have a better chance. Yeah, you have a better chance because I think only a hundred dragons are willing to bond that year. And there's almost 200 cadets. So if you don't bond, you can go through the whole first year again. But, like, you also might die. Um, So she, through some, like, clever climbing and using her size to, you know, her advantage, she masters the gauntlet after, I feel like, several months of practice. Yes. And then the, the big event comes, the threshing. So the day before the threshing, her squad is presented to the dragons and they're all lined up in a row and they walk. And this is when I kind of pictured Game of Thrones when they're like walking in front of the dragons so that the dragons can inspect them. And dragons are very intelligent creatures. They're looking at what the person offers them mentally and physically because once they bond to a human, their lives are tied together. If a human dies, the dragon can be fine. Unless it's a very, very close bond, then the dragon may be at risk of dying. But if a dragon dies, the human definitely dies. Yes. They cannot live after that. So it's a big thing. Like, it's a commitment. Um, And what, like, just astonished me was people were, like, walking in front of all these dragons like a little parade and they would just incinerate people and you just had to keep going 
Yes. Be like, I hope that's not me. <laughs> yes. And the dragons are testing your attitude and your demeanor. Yeah. Because they were like, talk to each other. What you look like. Yeah. Because Dane, I think, said, like, talk to each other. They want to see, like, how you are in a group and, like, yeah, see your personality come out, essentially. But at the very end of the group is a small golden dragon, a very rare dragon called a feather tail. Um, but it's not much is known about it because it refuses to bond with humans. But it's there, but it doesn't seem very big. Um, maybe, like, hardly, I kind of pictured it horse size. Yeah, it's tiny. Like, not very big at all. And I immediately thought, oh, I think this is the one Violet's going to bond with. But then I was like, but how will that work? (laughs) Because I was trying to picture it in my mind. I was like, if this dragon is so small, can it fly with her? Yada, yada. I don't know. But that's, like, the first glimpse that they get of each other. Then the next day, the threshing officially arrives. Yes. And so the cadets are basically let loose in this valley and to see if they will encounter a dragon and bond with a dragon. And it's kind of like if the if you don't kind of like before, if the dragons don't like you, they'll just incinerate you on spite site. So you're trying to find them, but also be respectful, keep everything good, and and avoid the other cadets who are trying to kill you. So Violet is going through, and she's trying to find some dragons to see, and she sees the little one in the middle of a field being sort of tormented by Jack, the guy who was trying to kill her, and some other cadets. They're she can hear them talking about how they're going to kill this little dragon because it's weak and it can't possibly support a writer and they just want to get rid of it. And I just hated him so I much. hated this so much. And so Violet hears, overhears this and she decides to come to the dragon's defense because she remembered seeing it in the lineup earlier the next day and just kind of slung a liking to it so she is able to defend this golden this little golden dragon and she's trying to get it to fly away and it won't it's not really doing anything to help itself so she doesn't understand but she is trying to fight against jack and his friends and suddenly zayden and his dragon segal fly on scene which they're not allowed to interfere but they're Mm -hmm. just there watching kind of keeping an eye on everything and violet is hoping that he will but she knows that he can't well zayden also claims he's there because of the violence they're committing against the dragon not necessarily to violet herself when we know we know it's a bit of both (laughs) yes but he doesn't also he doesn't interfere and he doesn't yeah and his dragon could incinerate them on at a moment, and she doesn't. But then a another dragon flies in, a giant rare black dragon named Tarn flies in, and he is the one who helps Violet finish off these cadets. Mm-hmm. And 
takes her back to Bezgaeth along with the little golden dragon. I know. He's kind of like, I like Taryn, which I uh, was surprised by the golden dragon when she first um, saw it in the lineup because in one of their classes that were taken about dragons they mentioned like this rare black dragon breed that never bonds so I was like oh naturally Violet is going to bond with one of those yeah and then she saw the golden one that's also rare and I was like oh or is she gonna bond with this one I was like oh this isn't what I expected to happen but then the black one Taryn comes and you know bonds with Violet because he liked um her display of protection and mercy for the gold one because she could have easily just you know acted like she didn't hear jack and his little cronies going to attack her so he liked seeing that in her um and everybody's very impressed he's one of the oldest he's one of the biggest dragons that bonded that year yeah i really like him i like their little their relationship um, he's kind of elusive and mysterious because he hasn't bonded since he lost his last writer because yes. they had a really crazy special bond. And yes. so plot twist, she gets back. And as it turns out, she has bonded to Tarn and the little golden dragon who we yes. find out is named Andarna. So yeah, doesn't have Which to be a way. Go on. Oh, I was going to say, it just doesn't have to be a pick one or the other. She gets two for the price of one. Right. Why not both? Um, okay, no, those stuffs. Um, <laughs> but I really love the way that she, like, kind of delivered that news. Because, like, each chapter in this book, at the end of the chapter, you kind of delivered this whammy or this cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a surprise to Violet as well. Because they can... Once you bond with the dragon, you can speak to each other using your minds. Um, so now she has both Taryn and Andarna in her mind. But plot twist on plot twist, Taryn is Segale's mate, which yes. links Violet and Zayden for life because yes. Taryn and Segale can't be separated for too long because their link is too strong. And here we go with forced proximity. <laughs> <laughs> it keeps going. It keeps happening. I love it. Um, so they are trying to come to terms with the fact that even if they have no sort of personal relationship with each other, their dragons do, which we'll get into that. And they will always just be a constant in the other's life. Because not only are their dragons' lives linked to them and vice versa, but now Violet and Zayden's lives are linked to each other. Because if Taryn dies, Segale will most likely die and vice versa. So Zayden now has a vested interest in Violet staying alive throughout the rest of well her life but especially in school whenever he can do something about it yes but somebody comes in to ruin the moment and that is dane dane the (laughs) non-believer believes that this is the opportune moment to profess his love for violet um you know, he's loved her since childhood. It could be cute. It doesn't work for me um, yeah. because he is the non-believer. Um, he's a and quirk. He finally, he, yeah. 
he's a lot. <laughs> Finally kisses Violet. And we love it because Violet feels nothing. Yes. <laughs> she has no feelings left for the man because she has been given the ick. Yes. And we love it. But it's awkward now because Dane thinks that she's still into it. And he's like, well, obviously we like can't be together because like I'm leadership and how would that look? And she goes, oh, like I don't want to be with you because like I'm not into it. I'm into that this guy so now. That was that so awkward. That was so awkward. Because she's like, oh, great. We're on the same page. She's like, yeah, it's just like it would look bad if a leader was with a cadet. And she goes, oh, no, like I'm yeah. that leader. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love oh. it. I also loved how Violet was upfront about it. She didn't just drag it on or just yes. go with the flow to keep the peace. She was just very upfront about what she wanted. So I appreciated that. Yes, I love it. We love good communication. So now Violet is starting her portion of the training where she's got Taryn and learning to ride the dragon and work with her dragon. And one thing that she struggles with is staying seated on Taryn because she's a small girl on a giant dragon flying through the air. Very hard. <laughs> but she, he like will help her that's why I like Taryn because he seems so great. Yeah. He'll do things to help. He will bow down so that she can mount easier. And if she falls off, he swoops around to get her instead of just letting her fall off like some of the others do. So, they literally just let the riders fall. It is savage. Yeah. There's like, it's, okay, they're like, oh, oh well, there's <laughs> other ones. Yeah. <laughs> other ones I can bond to. <laughs> yes. And Taryn uses their mental connection to warn Violet and keep her safe. So one night some cadets that did not bond with the dragon and they are jealous, they break into her room and try to kill her. And Taryn wakes her up and kind of gives her a warning of what's happening. And so she's trying to fight these six people off and is struggling obviously and and darna the little dragon uses a power that no one no one at this point knew she had but she can slow down time and stop time and so she is able to freeze time until zayden is able to come and rescue violet and so there's just things like that where her dragons always come to her aid when she needs it Mm -hmm. which i appreciated and liked yes me too because they, once they bond with the dragon, they will then start to channel their power through them. Yes. Um, so they can do kind of just your everyday magic. But then each rider, depending on who their, like their dragon's power, will get a signet power. Um, so she has discovered that time stopping is probably the signet power that she will share with Andarna. But she's yet to channel through Taryn because he doesn't believe that she's strong enough yet. Or that she has the temper, you know, the control to allow it. Yes. So uh, through, you know, getting to know her dragons and, you know, getting to know Zayden and Segale some more, they figure out that Andarna is a child. She's a young dragon. She's not like a rare breed. 
so her time stopping power has to be kept a secret because until she's mature she's very vulnerable and like her power can be stolen because not a lot of people know um, very much about feather tails because they never bond Meanwhile, now that Zayden has a vested interest in keeping Violet alive, he has assigned a fellow rebel child. I don't know why I have <laughs> the, son, the son of a preacher man in my head every time I see yes. a rebel child. Do you? Okay. <laughs> anyway, Zayden asks Liam, a fellow rebel child, to protect Violet because they are in the same grade. So they're he has all the same classes he like moves him into the room next door to her ever since she was attacked at night and let me just say Liam was my favorite side character Liam was so good I loved him he was precious he was a cinnamon roll <laughs> uh, I just loved him he was so so sweet honestly would not have been mad if she hooked up with him like Agreed. go get it girl yes but then Violet is rudely awakened one night by uh, Taryn and Segale getting it on. And let me tell you, let me tell you, Sydney, when they first bonded and we figured out that their dragons were bonded, I was like, do dragons do the devil's, do the devil's tango? <laughs> and since you're always in each other's mind... Does that mean you know when it's happening? And let me find out. Let me tell you, like, I found out the answer very quickly. And it was yeah. honestly very awkward to read because I was like, they were getting, they were getting like hella turned on because their dragons were hella turned on. And I was like, this is so weird to me. It's <laughs> very strange. It feels incestuous. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, oh, we didn't need to go here. I didn't need yeah. to know this. But it just adds more tension (laughs) and simmering to the Zayden and Violet situation. But Violet's squad is doing these different challenges and they keep winning. They get the chance. Like they win this one challenge where they had to steal something that an enemy would value. And so Violet uses her connections to like steal a map from her mom's office and that wins them the challenge that gets them the opportunity to shadow soldiers on the front line so they get their first glimpse of what it's like to leave Bezgayeth and go out into the quote-unquote real world and while they're there Violet gets to see her sister who is out at one of these outposts and Rhiannon gets to sneak away and see her family, which all of this is super forbidden because you're not allowed to have contact with your family until you make it through your first year. Mm -hmm. But while they are out shadowing on the front lines, there is an attack from Griffin flyers, which kind of cuts everything short and throws everything into a tailspin. So Griffin Flyers are like the enemy's frontline yes. people. Similar yeah, to how because, the dragons and riders are for Yeah. And one of their like battle strategy classes, they've been filled in on some like ward attacks by Griffin Riders. Um and they see are seemingly random. They're like, why are they attacking this place? And again, it's like the same 
for um, the outpost that they're at. They're like, what is the purpose of this attack? Like, there's nothing really especially important here, except it's, you know, an outpost where they protect the ward. So they're still trying to figure out what's going on and why they're attacking these seemingly insignificant posts. Yeah, so that cuts their little visit short. Yes. Um, during a later challenge of a capture the flag style game, um, Violet finally exacts her revenge on Jack um, because Jack is playing dirty. Who's surprised? Because it's all the wings, you know, facing off against each other. Um, and he's about to kill Liam, which my heart was in my throat here. I was like, oh my God, yes. not Liam. Like, please do not do this to him. And she's too far away to help him. But it's in this moment that she finally manifests her signet power um, from being bonded to Taryn. And that power is the ability to control lightning, which is badass. Gotta give it to her. Yes. But she kills Jack in this outburst because a lot of times, like, the signet powers can be dangerous because they're uncontrolled. And in this moment, she, like, takes down an entire, like, watchtower with her bolt of lightning that Jack was in. So she's understandably distraught. Like, she hated him. Nobody likes him. But she also did not want to take anybody's life. Um, and this is the first person that she's killed. So she is very understandably distraught. And our girl seeks... You know, she seeks comfort, comfort, some comfort and joy in Zayden's arms. And they, this is the spicy scene, one of the spicy yes. scenes. And listeners, it does not disappoint. They, of course, have the, oh, this is the one time, one time only, or the, we can keep it light. We can be friendly after this. And I'm like, yeah, okay. After that, no, no. Which, <laughs> good luck. The only thing that made me laugh of like, an eye roll was that it's so passionate and so wonderful that Violet's lightning power is just going <laughs> off crazy. It's just a lightning storm yes. outside and things are yes. on fire. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that part. I like, rolled my eyes a little bit at that. That part was a little extreme. I will give you that. That yeah. and the dragon sex is a bit yeah. much for me. <laughs> But, yeah, because he can control shadows. And so, like, the shadows and the lightning were mixing. And I was like, yeah. all right. It was a lot of descriptive language. It was a lot of descriptive. But then they, like, proceed to do the dance around each other. Uh, they both want to hook up again. They kind of, like, tease each other, talking mind to mind. Because they can talk mind to mind now that their dragons, you know, are mated. And just kind of flirt and tease each other that way. But they don't give in to it. Until one night, again, they just get they get into it. And then they're very rudely interrupted. Which, this is just awkward, too. They say, like, there's an emergency. All hands on deck. All the squadrons have to go out to the big field, like, with their dragons and be ready for battle. So everyone thinks this is it. This is the big time all the first years even have to go to battle but it turns out the big reveal that this is not actually war or a real battle it is the final stage of the war games which is a battle simulation and it's so, kind of like the final test one yes. of the bigger tests for writers and it made me think of 
I don't know why, <laughs> but the Triwizard Tournament in Harry Potter Yes. is what I thought of for War Games. Yes. I don't know, but But like a team effort. yes, Because like yes. whoever wins this one wins. Like, yeah, they have Because bragging it's the different rights. squads together, like working together. Yes. Yes. So Dane, ugh, he's still around, but he's like trying to, you know, pair everybody up and take charge because they have to decide who's in charge of what, who's going to lead the team and who's going to do this. Um, so they have a plan all set, but then Zayden comes over, and remember, he has a higher rank than Dane right now, and he says, Violet, you're with me. And so she's like, all right, she's not questioning it, you know, she's very much in love with him, and they fly off all together when suddenly she realizes that they're with a group of rebel children of more than three. So technically, this is illegal. They've been assigned to this random abandoned outpost and she's kind of like something's not right here. Like she's she's starting to catch on. When they stop for a water break, they come across some griffin flyers. Um, those flyers, you know, as we saw before, like when she was visiting her sister, um, they have been attacking the wards. So she thinks they're in danger. She's immediately putting up her guard and when Zayden greets them like as old friends and he admits that they've been supplying them with weapons this whole time to fight the venom which is these evil beings from folklore um who use the earth's magic and corrupt it and use it for their own evil yes and and violet there's is like first of all like i can't believe you lied to me but second of all those creatures don't exist because her dad who was a scribe had always read her these stories and left her this book of folklore that she never saw anywhere else like it was never in the library nobody else had ever heard of it but he wrote like an inscription in there about like something like you know the stories are true or whatever like history Well, repeats and she itself thinks, something like very ominous yes, very cryptic, but then also the leaders of Navarre have said that the Venon aren't real. So Yeah. So she's like, she's but always now. used bought that hook, line, and sinker, and then now she's realizing that they are real. And okay, if they're real, like what else could they be lying about? What other mystical things could be real? So it's a big day Yes. for her. It's a lot. It's it's a lot of yeah, a lot of information in a very little amount of time. One, Satan has been lying to her and they've been supplying their enemy to these, you know. folk mythical beings are actually real that but are bad also yeah three leadership is lying to them but the big kicker is zayden after talking to violet realizes that dane touched violet's face at some point and dane's signet power is being able to read somebody's mind and see their memories but only if he's touching their face yes and at some point He had he had done this to Violet after she had talked to Zayden, and Zayden figures out that Dane read her memories and informed leadership that they were helping the Flyers, and that this whole mission, that sending Zayden and these group of rebel children out to this outpost, is all meant to kill them. It was a trap, basically, that the college has 
laid for them and the leaders have laid for them which so the war games everybody else is like off participating but this like secondary mission for them is a trap yes and the underlying tension in all of this is that her mom is one of the leaders of the city in Navarre so you're like oh my gosh that's where you're if you're wishy-washy on her mom you don't know if she's good cop bad I thought she was terrible yeah yeah I never liked her no but I I mean I think you want or at least I wanted to think like oh a mother wouldn't do that and Violet wants to think oh my god wouldn't do this to me and then plot twist she does so the group is get like they're trying to decide what to do they have the option to flee and make it back to the college or to stay and fight alongside the griffin flyers who they've been allied with secretly and they have which i love this they have this all for one one for all mentality of Mm -hmm. we're all gonna stay and fight or we're all gonna leave and so they all decide to stay and fight even though it's gonna be super crazy Mm-hmm. Because these venom are flying in and they're going for it, the group all together, and people are being dropped. Liam is killed, which is horrible. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> it was so <laughs> sad. Violet watched the whole, like, saw the whole thing. She yes. are able to land near Liam and his dragon. And see it all yeah. go down, and she couldn't save. It was horrible. It was horrible. It was awful. So this battle is a very long scene in this book. Yes. And this is a scene that I had friends over one night, and my boyfriend came over early, and he got here. I at the time I told him to. I did not think <laughs> I would get to this point in the book, and I was just like sitting there the whole night. I was like, I gotta finish this book. I gotta. Like, know you're gonna what have happens. to wait. All you yeah, I literally had like 40 pages and it was, yes. oh my gosh, it was torture to not know what happened. But yes, they are, you know, fighting the Venon and the Venon, it turns out, has, they have their own version of dragons, how I pictured it, of wyverns. Yes. This is all very Game of Thrones, Ice King. And the ice dragons, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, just Google it and you'll see what I mean. This is what I was picturing the whole time. I'm going to Google it. And it was just very, very well done. Like the White Walkers and the Night King. Picture That's what I was picturing, but like red eyes. I'm Googling them right now because I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, just (laughs) Google Night King White Walkers. Yes. Yes, that's how yeah. I was picturing something really similar. Yeah, so they're extremely powerful because they they you know gather their power from the earth, and they like you said they're dropping griffin riders and dragon riders left and right as long as well as village people, and it seems like a very hopeless battle, like that they're going to lose and everybody's going to die. Like you said, we lost Liam because a wyvern took out his dragon. It was this very tragic scene. I was crying. I'm not going to lie. I shed a tear for Liam. I texted you too. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> and then Violet figures out that she is able to kill the Venom 
and the wyvern. And if you kill a venom that created one of the wyverns, then all of them die yes. together. So she's like, we have to target these specific venom. Um, so she uses her lightning abilities to achieve that, but not before she is very brutally injured with a poison knife. By she's one of the in this one on one battle, it was so yeah. tense. It was so it's tense. very good. It's on very back, well written, like battle scene. Yes, yeah, she's on the back, on of, the back of Karen and this wyvern. Because I was like very worried about her dragons as well. Yes, it was wild. It was nuts. But this one gets her with a poison knife and injures her, of course, until she basically blacks out. But she's able to use her lightning as like a last power, last ditch to kill it. Mm -hmm. It was very good. The tension in this scene was wonderful. Impeccable fight scene. Impeccable. Yes. But she is very, you know, badly injured during the battle. And she wakes up. You know, Zayden's worried she's going to die. One, he's he could also die if that happens. But also, you know, he has a soft spot for her now. Yeah. So you hear, like, this conversation, like, kind of like Violet's hearing it from afar, where they're like, we need to take her back to Beskayev. And he said, it's too far. We have to take her there. We have to take her to him. Very ominous. But Violet wakes up after three days to find Zayden sitting by her bedside. He immediately swears loyalty to her. And, you know, she's like, I can't trust you. You lied to me about some pretty big things, buddy. And he's like, I understand. But, like, I will win back your trust. So I'm interested to see if that happened. Yes, because um, he was coming at it from the end the angle of I never lied to you I just didn't tell you everything tell because you. You basically in his mind he's like you weren't ready for it and there were things like telling you would have been a liability but obviously mm-hmm. she doesn't see it that way but I, I understand both sides I do, I do too he's trying and she you know, he's not by her bedside he waited for her he I know. The feelings are still there. He's trying to get her trust back. Yes. We'll see if he needs to get better about expressing his feelings, but he's working on it. He's, yes. You know, he's, he's traumatized. He's, uh, yeah, he's got some baggage. But once Violet is strong enough, Zayden's like, I have somebody here who wants to see you now that you're feeling well enough. And, he goes to the door and opens it and in walks Violet's brother Brennan, who she thought has been dead for years. And yeah. he's basically like, hi, Violet. It's good to see you. Welcome to the revolution. And, and boom. That's where it is. It is. I was just like, okay, what? First of all, first of all, we have to discuss the ending. The One. gasp I gasped. <laughs> yeah. I was not all all that surprised that Brennan is alive. For you? I was yeah. I mean looking back I'm like okay, I see it. It adds to the plot, but I was I didn't know where they like I was surprised by it. 
I was like, I, oh my gosh. I had a feeling he might pop up in the future. I didn't think it would be at the end of this book. That did take me by surprise. I didn't think he'd be leading the revolution. We love, you know, he's going against mommy there. I love yes. it. <laughs> yeah. But every time they talked about Brennan, it would they would say his body was never recovered. And so from the get-go, I was like, oh, boy, might still be here, you know? Yeah. That just had me going. I guess I've read the fantasy, watched enough Game of Thrones. I'm just like, ah. like uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so fast. But I thought it was a delicious twist that he is leading the revolution now against Navarre and his mother. So I can't wait to hear what they've been doing. I mean, we know they're in the wrong. They. Yes. Did this horrible punishment for the rebel children. They still hold them on a tight leash. Her own mother forced her to go into the rider quadrant to uphold the family name, yada yada. Even though her dad had been a scribe, so like she would have been one way or the other. But yes. I personally cannot wait to see where this goes in book two. Can we just because talk we about... love a revolution? Yes, we love a revolution. And can we just talk about the marketing genius yeah. that this cliffhanger was? It's yeah. so delicious. You immediately want more. Yeah. So well, I'm lucky. we're lucky that like Iron Flame was already out at this point and you could just jump right in yeah. if you wanted. Well, I cannot imagine are waiting. We? Are we? Because I didn't tell you this. <laughs> But my friend Tori, who first recommended Fourth Wing to me, texted me as soon as she finished Iron Flame, and she said, you might as well wait for the rest of the series to come out before you start, because there's a massive cliffhanger at the end of Iron Flame as well. But are we surprised? Are we surprised? No, and I love it. I I love cliffhangers, but they frustrate me because I have no questions, but I get it, and it's such a good plot device. 100%. Well, now I'm more interested to finish Iron Flame, though. I want to know what what happens here is. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited. I I kind of feel like I told you I had heard mixed reviews about Iron Flame, mostly of where it's going and it's not what they expected. So I think that'll help my mindset going into it. But I also kind of see it as a setup book. I don't know how many books this series is going to be. I know Tori said a lot of people were upset because they thought it was a duology. So they thought it would be done. And when it ended on a cliffhanger, they were like, wait, what? <laughs> I feel like it's um, three. But I don't know if that's just I feel like, set in stone or if that's just a rumor. I feel like I thought it was a trilogy. But I think I assume all fantasy series are going to be at least a trilogy. Yeah. You know, so I'm very excited. She better be writing. She better write fast to get right. this, the third one out. I'm going to Google like when they think it's going to be. Well, Iron Flame just came out, so I think we're going to be waiting a while. That's true. That is true. Oh, yeah. And they say it's going to be a minute. Rude. Is that- <laughs> But yes, 
but they do have a release date. It's just not out yet. So that's they a They have a release date? What yeah, release but it's not date? it's not announced yet. But the Oh, author, okay. Rebecca so... has this quote says that she has a release date, but she can't say yet. So Oh. So I just looked, I just uh Googled if anybody wants to know, it's called the Empyrean series. Yes. She says it's gonna be five books. Oh. Buckle up. Okay. According to the author herself. She said the whole five book series is plotted out. I would love to have an imagination like that. I would love to have the attention span to carry that through. (laughs) I have the imagination. I do not have the attention span to mean anything like that. Yeah, I mean, you have J.K. Rowling successfully wrote a seven-book series, and then you have George R.R. R. Martin, who has had a case of writer's block for a long, <laughs> yeah. long time. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like either or, I think he maybe aimed too high. <laughs> it's like you can only, yeah, there's two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. He, but I mean... There's all this speculation about him, but hopefully that does not happen to Rebecca. She's she seems organized. She seems ready. She knows what's <laughs> gonna happen. <laughs> yes. And I cannot wait to read all of them. Yes. So, so that is our thoughts on Fourth Wing. We did I, good on time, I think. I feel we like we did it. good. And I feel yeah. like we hit all the high points. There's so, yes. so, so much to discover. If you want to go read it by yourself or listen to it, whatever your preference is, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's so good. But I I think I know the answer. But I just thought this would be fun at the end of the pod. Yes. What quadrant do you think you would be in? Uh, scribe. I knew you would say that. Obviously. Obviously. I... I'm not here f- to be a writer. <laughs> like, I'm not here to be a writer. I would heal. I would be a healer. That Yeah, that tracks for you. I yeah. would not be good at that. But <laughs> I like that we both hey, have our niches and they both fit. We do. Yeah, we do. I know. I thought about it. I would, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd be a scribe. And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't be. But I could not be a writer. Never. Could no. not do that. No. I would want to be that I don't cool, even but I'm not. No, I don't even want to <laughs> I do. That. Absolutely not. No, I want to be that cool, but I'm no. not. But yeah, just that that'd be fun. I feel like the writers are the top gun. They are. Yeah, and, that's a good way. But then I feel like some of them, not all of them, obviously not Violet, some of them shit on anyone who's not a writer and I'm yeah. just like the Again, scribes <laughs> are exactly the scribes are giving you the battle strategies and they're doing yeah. all the legwork to get you where you need to go. And yeah, where would you be? You exactly. need everybody. Ugh. Don't be don't be so cocky. Exactly. Where would you be without them? Yes. <laughs> so we will definitely have to do Iron Flame when we both finish it. Oh, absolutely. 
and have your friend on. I'm excited about that. I think that'll be fun. Yes. I know. I need to, we need to like set a date. We need to pick a week now because both of our, <laughs> both yes. of our schedules get so busy. Um, but yeah, I would love to have her and get her opinions as a fellow fantasy yes. nerd. So let us know if you have read this hit series. If you agree with our takes, let us know what quadrant you would be in i think that'd be that'd be something fun to post about asking let's do that yeah and uh, stay tuned i can't believe this is the last book of january i'm okay with it though because i'm ready for spring and summer winter i want one more snow and then i'll be ready you keep that for you that's i love that (laughs) i will gladly take it Please don't bring it anywhere near me because winter <laughs> has wreaked havoc on our farm this week. Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. So you're like, I, you take those dirty words out of your yeah. mouth. <laughs> it was 32 today, and I was like, wow, we're having a heat wave. This is wonderful. And oh, it's, it's so last, sad. It's going to last today and tomorrow, and then it's back to cold again. So, oh, I'm so sorry. Awesome. Yeah. Move to DC. <laughs> I've been a hand bucketing water to Flint because it oh, freezes so quickly. Yeah. So I'm like, you're just on a ration at this point whenever I <laughs> take water to you. Oh. <laughs> I'm just like babying you so much, but it's so <laughs> Poor funny. guy. I know. He's like, he's ready for it to be done too. They all are. Put the but. milk jugs. Does that work? Well, I didn't try it in time, and his water trough completely (laughs) froze. I busted it one day, and then the next day it was so thick. I was like, yeah, we're not busting this. I remember those days. And then I was scared to leave him in the pasture with the cattle after the pond incident because I think Flint's smart enough, and he's bigger than this calf that fell through the ice, but I was just like, I am not even dealing with this. I would is is the buddy okay? Is he still here? Is he still yeah, okay? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. We, I, I've, yeah. I have checked on him every morning. He's back out and yeah, he seems to be doing okay. He still could like get pneumonia or something, but hopefully he's made it through. No, the he's worst fine. Yeah. yeah. He better be after all of that work we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My hair literally oh. froze. I was sweating dragging this calf, literally dragging him by the neck into the barn. And I was sweating Bless so you. bad that my hair froze. Oh my god! <laughs> I had icicles in my hair, and I was just like, "I'm done. I'm done with this." So, if any know. listeners want livestock, um, here's your real life take. <laughs> yes, think long and hard about it. Unless you live in a tropical climate, just right. go and wait for that. But that's oh my side. So I'm glad that's the life of life and lit. Yes. I'm glad that February is almost here because it's the short month and then we're on to spring. So in our birthdays and our birthdays. Yes. I'm excited about that. So stick with us. We will have a new lineup for February and we post all of this stuff on our Instagram, which is life and lit pod. You can send us an email with feedback or suggestions at life and lit pod at gmail.com. And as always, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and leave us a review if you are so inclined, because that really helps us. So we've got a good lineup for February that I'm excited about. And 
at some point we're going to circle back to Iron Flame and get back in the swing of things with Violet and Zayden. So we hope that you stick with us for that. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading. Thank you.